Chapter One, Part Three of *The Princess Aline* by Richard Harding Davis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter One, Part Three. The sea grew calmer the third day out, and the sun came forth and showed the decks as clean as breadboards miss morris and carlton seated themselves on the huge iron riding-bits in the bow and with their elbows on the rail looked down at the whirling blue water and rejoiced silently in the steady rush of the great vessel and in the uncertain warmth of the march sun carlton was sitting to leeward of miss morris with a pipe between his teeth he was warm and at peace with the world he had found his new acquaintance more than entertaining she was even friendly and treated him as though he were much her junior as is the habit of young women lately married or who are about to be married carlton did not resent it on the contrary it made him more at his ease with her and as she herself chose to treat him as a youth he permitted himself to be as foolish as he pleased i don't know why it is he complained peering over the rail but whenever i look over the side to watch the waves a man in a greasy cap always sticks his head out of a hole below me and scatters a barrel full of ashes or potato peelings all over the ocean it spoils the effect for me next time he does it i am going to knock out the ashes of my pipe on the back of his neck miss morris did not consider this worthy of comment and there was a long lazy pause you haven't told us where you go after london she said and then without waiting for him to reply she asked is it your professional or your social side that you are treating to a trip this time who told you that asked carlton smiling oh i don't know some man he said you were a jekyll and hyde which is jekyll you see i only know your professional side you must try to find out for yourself by deduction he said as you picked out the other passengers i am going to grasse he continued it's the capital of hohenwald do you know it yes she said we were there once for a few days we went to see the pictures i suppose you know that the old duke the father of the present one ruined himself almost by buying pictures for the grasse gallery we were there at a bad time though when the palace was closed to visitors and the gallery too i suppose that is what is taking you there no carlton said shaking his head no it is not the pictures i am going to grasse he said gravely to see the young woman with whom i am in love miss morris looked up in some surprise and smiled consciously with a natural feminine interest in an affair of love and one which was a secret as well oh she said i beg your pardon we i had not heard of it 
no it is not a thing one could announce exactly said carlton it is rather in an embryo state as yet in fact i have not met the young lady so far but i mean to meet her that's why i am going abroad miss morris looked at him sharply to see if he were smiling but he was on the contrary gazing sentimentally at the horizon line and puffing meditatively on his pipe he was apparently in earnest and waiting for her to make some comment how very interesting was all she could think to say yes when you know the details it is very interesting he answered she is the princess aline of hohenwald he explained bowing his head as though he were making the two young ladies known to one another she has several other names six in all and her age is twenty-two that is all i know about her i saw her picture in an illustrated paper just before i sailed and i made up my mind i would meet her and here i am if she is not in grasse i intend to follow her to wherever she may be he waved his pipe at the ocean before him and recited with mock seriousness across the hills and far away beyond their utmost purple rim and deep into the dying day the happy princess followed him only in this case you see said carlton i am following the happy princess no but seriously though said miss morris what is it you mean are you going to paint her portrait i never thought of that exclaimed carlton i don't know but what your idea is a good one miss morris that's a great idea he shook his head approvingly i did not do wrong to confide in you he said it was perhaps taking a liberty but as you have not considered it as such i am glad i spoke but you don't really mean to tell me exclaimed the girl facing about and nodding her head at him that you are going abroad after a woman whom you have never seen and because you liked a picture of her in a paper i do said carlton because i like her picture and because she is a princess well upon my word said miss morris gazing at him with evident admiration that's what my younger brother would call a distinctly sporting proposition only i don't see she added what her being a princess has to do with it you don't laughed carlton easily that's the best part of it that's the plot the beauty of being in love with a princess miss morris he said lies in the fact that you can't marry her that you can love her deeply and forever and nobody will ever come to you and ask your intentions or hint that after such a display of affection you ought to do something now with a girl who is not a princess even if she understands the situation herself and wouldn't marry you to save her life still there is always some one a father or a mother or one of your friends who makes it his business to interfere and talks about it and bothers you both but with a princess you see that is all eliminated you can't marry a princess because they won't let you a princess has got to marry a real royal chap 
and so you are perfectly ineligible and free to sigh for her and make pretty speeches to her and see her as often as you can and revel in your devotion and unrequited affection miss morris regarded him doubtfully she did not wish to prove herself too credulous and you honestly want me mr carlton to believe that you are going abroad just for this you see carlton answered her if you only knew me better you would have no doubt on the subject at all it isn't the thing some men would do i admit but it is exactly what any one who knows me would expect of me i should describe it having had acquaintance with the young man for some time as being eminently characteristic and besides think what a good story it makes every other man who goes abroad this summer will try to tell about his travels when he gets back to new york and as usual no one will listen to him but they will have to listen to me you've been across since i saw you last what did you do they'll ask politely and then instead of simply telling them that i have been in paris or london i can say oh i've been chasing around the globe after the princess aline of hohenwald that sounds interesting doesn't it when you come to think of it carlton continued meditatively it is not so very remarkable men go all the way to cuba and mexico and even to india after orchids after a nasty flower that grows in an absurd way on the top of a tree why shouldn't a young man go as far as germany after a beautiful princess who walks on the ground and who can talk and think and feel she is much more worth while than an orchid miss morris laughed indulgently well i didn't know such devotion existed at this end of the century she said it's quite nice and encouraging i hope you will succeed i am sure i only wish we were going to be near enough to see how you get on i have never been a confidant when there was a real princess concerned she said it makes it so much more amusing may one ask what your plans are carlton doubted if he had any plans as yet i have to reach the ground first he said and after that i must reconnoitre i may possibly adopt your idea and ask to paint her portrait only i dislike confusing my social and professional sides as a matter of fact though he said after a pause laughing guiltily i have done a little of that already i prepared her as it were for my coming i sent her studies of two pictures i made last winter in berlin one of the prime minister and one of ludwig the tragedian at the court theatre i sent them to her through my london agent so that she would think they had come from some one of her english friends and i told the dealer not to let any one know who had forwarded them my idea was that it might help me perhaps if she knew something about me before i appeared in person it was a sort of letter of introduction written by myself well really expostulated miss morris you certainly woo in a royal way are you in the habit of giving away your pictures to any one whose photograph you happen to like that seems to me to be giving new lamps for old to a degree 
i must see if i haven't some of my sister's photographs in my trunk she is considered very beautiful well you wait until you see this particular portrait and you will understand it better said carlton the steamer reached southampton early in the afternoon and carlton secured a special compartment on the express to london for mrs downs and her niece and himself with one adjoining for their maid and nolan it was a beautiful day and carlton sat with his eyes fixed upon the passing fields and villages exclaiming with pleasure from time to time at the white roads and the feathery trees and hedges and the red roofs of the inns and square towers of the village churches hedges are better than barbed wire fences aren't they he said you see that girl picking wild flowers from one of them she looks as though she were posing for a picture for an illustrated paper she couldn't pick flowers from a barbed wire fence could she and there would probably be a tramp along the road somewhere to frighten her and see the chap in knickerbockers farther down the road leaning on the stile i am sure he is waiting for her and here comes a coach he ran on don't the red wheels look well against the hedges it's a pretty little country england isn't it like a private park or a model village i am glad to get back to it i am glad to see the three and six signs with the little slanting dash between the shillings and pennies yes even the steam-rollers and the man with the red flag in front are welcome i suppose said miss downs it's because one has been so long on the ocean that the ride to london seems so interesting it always pays me for the entire trip yes she said with a sigh in spite of the patent medicine signs they have taken to putting up all along the road it seems a pity they should adopt our bad habits instead of our good ones they are a bit slow at adopting anything commented carlton did you know mrs downs that electric lights are still as scarce in london as they are in timbuktu why i saw an electric light plant put up in a western town in three days once there were over a hundred burners in one saloon and the engineer who put them up told me in confidence that what the chief engineer told him in confidence was never disclosed for at that moment miss morris interrupted him with a sudden sharp exclamation oh mr carlton she exclaimed breathlessly listen to this she had been reading one of the dozen papers which carlton had purchased at the station and was now shaking one of them at him with her eyes fixed on the open page my dear edith remonstrated her aunt mr carlton was telling us yes i know exclaimed miss morris laughing but this interests him much more than electric lights who do you think is in london she cried raising her eyes to his and pausing for proper dramatic effect the princess aline of hohenwald no shouted carlton yes miss morris answered mocking his tone listen the queen's drawing-room um on her right was the princess of wales 
um oh i can't find it no yes here it is next to her stood the princess aline of hohenwald she wore a dress of white silk with train of silver brocade trimmed with fur ornaments emeralds and diamonds orders victoria and albert jubilee commemoration medal coburg and gotha and hohenwald and grasse by jove cried carlton excitedly i say is that really there let me see it please for myself miss morris handed him the paper with her finger on the paragraph and picking up another began a search down its columns you're right exclaimed carlton solemnly it's she sure enough and here i've been within two hours of her and didn't know it miss morris gave another triumphant cry as though she had discovered a vein of gold yes and here she is again she said in the gentlewoman the queen's dress was of black as usual but relieved by a few violet ribbons in the bonnet and princess beatrice who sat by her mother's side showed but little trace of the anxiety caused by princess ena's accident princess aline on the front seat in a light brown jacket and a becoming bonnet gave the necessary touch to a picture which londoners would be glad to look upon more often carlton sat staring forward with his hands on his knees and with his eyes open wide from excitement he presented so unusual an appearance of bewilderment and delight that mrs downs looked at him and her niece for some explanation the young lady seems to interest you said she tentatively she is the most charming creature in the world mrs downs cried carlton and i was going all the way to grasse to see her and now it turns out that she is here in england within a few miles of us he turned and waved his hands at the passing landscape every minute brings us nearer together and you didn't feel it in the air mocked miss morris laughing you are a pretty poor sort of a man to let a girl tell you where to find the woman you love carlton did not answer but stared at her very seriously and frowned intently now i have got to begin all over again and readjust things he said we might have guessed she would be in london on account of this royal wedding it is a great pity it isn't later in the season when there would be more things going on and more chances of meeting her now they will all be interested in themselves and being extremely exclusive no one who isn't a cousin to the bridegroom or an emperor would have any chance at all still i can see her i can look at her and that's something it is better than a photograph anyway said miss morris they will be either at buckingham palace or at windsor so they will stop at brown's said carlton all royalties go to brown's i don't know why unless it is because it's so expensive or maybe it is expensive because royalties go there but in any event if they are not at the palace that is where they will be and that is where i shall have to go too when the train drew up at victoria station carlton directed nolan to take his things to brown's hotel but not to unload them until he had arrived 
then he drove with the ladies to cox's and saw them settled there he promised to return at once to dine and to tell them what he had discovered in his absence you've got to help me in this miss morris he said nervously i am beginning to feel that i am not worthy of her oh yes you are she said laughing but don't forget that it's not the lover who comes to woo but the lover's way of wooing and that faint heart and the rest of it yes i know said carlton doubtfully but it's a bit sudden isn't it oh i am ashamed of you you are frightened no not frightened exactly said the painter i think it's just natural emotion as carlton turned into albemarle street he noticed a red carpet stretching from the doorway of brown's hotel out across the sidewalk to a carriage and a bare-headed man bustling about apparently assisted several gentlemen to get into it this and another carriage and nolan's four-wheeler blocked the way but without waiting for them to move up carlton leaned out of his hansom and called the bare-headed man to his side is the duke of hohenwald stopping at your hotel he asked the bare-headed man answered that he was all right nolan cried carlton they can take in the trunks hearing this the bare-headed man hastened to help carlton to alight that was the duke who just drove off sir and those he said pointing to three muffled figures who were stepping into a second carriage are his sisters the princesses carlton stopped midway with one foot on the step and the other in the air the deuce they are he exclaimed and which is he began eagerly and then remembering himself dropped back on the cushions of the hansom he broke into the little dining-room at cox's in so excited a state that two dignified old gentlemen who were eating there sat open-mouthed in astonished disapproval mrs downs and miss morris had just come downstairs i have seen her carlton cried ecstatically only half an hour in the town and i've seen her already no really exclaimed miss morris and how did she look is she as beautiful as you expected well i can't tell yet carlton answered there were three of them and they were all muffled up and which one of the three she was i don't know she wasn't labelled as in the picture but she was there and i saw her the woman i love was one of that three and i have engaged rooms at the hotel and this very night the same roof shelters us both End of chapter one part three